Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of the Lord that engages us this morning is from John chapter 9, verses 4 and 5, these, these verses from our gospel reading. Jesus said, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. It's amazing how quickly, and we continue to learn as people of the 21st century, how quickly light can turn to darkness and how dark the backdrop of our culture can be against the lives we live in the light of Jesus' love. Wednesday nights at Cook's Corner, a place where I meet my friends to ride mountain bikes in the hills, uh, Wednesday nights for community. Wednesday nights is spaghetti night for 8.95 and live music. People go Wednesday nights to Cook's Corner to be with friends. Light, laughter, fun, the beginning of the end of the week, then pop, 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 bang, 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 and a curtain of darkness descends on a community of people just kind of looking to chill out and relax. That venue's interesting because it was portrayed this week as a biker bar. It's a biker bar. Well, if you have a $75,000 Harley Davidson or you have a $10,000 mountain bike, then it's a biker bar. But it is not fraught with violence, at least not when I've ever been there. Not even a fight or a bad word, but Wednesday night, pop, 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 bang, bang, bang. And the lights and the sirens and the ambulance and all of those things and darkness descends into our own community and for some even into our own neighborhood. But make no mistake, from this text today, you and I, we are the people who live in the light of Jesus Christ. And there's such a powerful contrast between the darkness of the age and the light of Jesus. Light and life and meaning and abundance pain and despair and ugliness. But we are children of the promise of Jesus Christ. The promise for us in Christ is rich. And it's not just some sort of philosophical thing that we put up or read out of a book. The promise of Jesus, who is the light of the world, is sealed at the cross and certified at the resurrection. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Dr. Hollitz and our faculty, in his wisdom and in their collective wisdom, put this as the theme verse for our school year. A marvelous, marvelous thing for us to hold and remember. Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. There's three little applications that I'd like to think through this morning. And first is that the the light of Jesus brings purification to our lives. The second is that the light of Jesus provides direction. And thirdly then, that the light of Jesus shines brighter against that darker backdrop. First, Jesus, the light of the world, brings purification. One of the maintenance pieces in my backyard is the fish pond. If you were to come into my backyard, you would know right away that I got a big pond. And it took me a while to figure out how to take care of that. It took a few dead fish, it took some raccoons, and it took some great blue herons, and 
finally I figured it out. Finally I got it together. So to my dismay, about a month ago, I went out to the backyard and the whole thing was this soupy green, algae-laden, gross thing. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I am an expert at fixing my pond. So I took a little water, I went down to Laguna Beach, I looked at the koi guy, I said, hey, you put the pump in, what's going on? And the 17-year-old kid looked at me and he said, well, you got a problem there. I said, well, gee, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for understanding. I thought it was a problem with chemistry. I thought it had a problem with chemistry that the, this and that that keeps it clear and keeps it fine was, uh, no. I said, well, I don't want to spend $300 to replace the light. What I'd really like is about a $5 solution. I'm a German Lutheran after all, and the cheaper you can get me out of here, the better off I'll be. He said, well, you can take this and make it happen, but you're going to be back here. And I thought, well, I'll show you, young man. Three days later, I was back at the Laguna Koi store, and I purchased what's called a UV clarifying light. And what a UV clarifying light does for a pond or a pool is that it destroys and the algae in the water as the water is pumped through a, about an inch and a half pipe and the tube of quartz with the light kills the algae. And so I replaced that myself. I put it in, I plugged it in and I thought this is great. In 10 minutes it's all going to be fine. Three days later Three days later, the pond is clear, the fish are beautiful, everyone's happy, and the light provided purification. Ultraviolet clarifying light. The young man was right. When I replaced the unit, put a new bulb in, cleaned out the leaky part of it, and made it just perfect, no more green scum. And I can't tell what makes for happy fish, but I assume that my fish are happy fish. Light brings Purity, light brings clarity. Jesus, the light of the world, brings clarity and purification to our lives. Lives get soupy with sin and death and the darkness we daily live in and around. And then we get bogged down and broken down. Things become murky. We don't understand where we're going and what it's all about. But we live in the light of God's purifying light. Our hearts can get worn out, darkened by sin and exhaustion. Sometimes we feel like outsiders in our own families and culture. But we find purity in Jesus. Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I'm sure that the people of that time thought maybe a torch or a lamp or something that was set on a table in a, in a little hut in Capernaum. But a UV light, Jesus is the light, the instrument of purification for us in our lives. The instrument of purification, Jesus on the cross. He has a way of taking away the mess of sin and leads us in our lives in the way of forgiveness and mercy. Sometimes he taps us on the shoulder and says, you've tried everything else. You've, 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 you've bought this and bought that. You've done this, you've done that. The tickets for this, the plan for that, the investment of time in this. How's that going for you? And with love in his heart and light in his eyes, Jesus smiles and says, you can try all that stuff, 
but look to the light of the cross. Look for the purity and the forgiveness that comes in and through me, Jesus said. I am close to you, not with my shadow, but with the light of my love. Jesus, the light of the world, brings purity to you and me even now. And secondly, the light of Christ brings direction. And that begs a larger question of where are you going? Where, where are you going to be? Where, where is your life headed? What is the trajectory in your life? Solomon writes in Proverbs 16 verse 9 these words, in his heart a man chooses his course but the Lord guides his steps. Or again from Psalm 119 verse 105, David writes, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As the world and the culture goes down its own dark path, always has, always will, never ever will the broken world be aligned with the light and the love of Jesus or the word of truth. But we have the light of God's word, which when used as a lens to view the world brings direction, truth, wisdom, love. Diversity, service, generosity, all those are values that come from the Word and the promise of God and serve as a guide for our lives. But that lens of God's Word needs to be used first and foremost. First we look at our lives through the lens of the light of God's Word for us. And then we find meaning from God. We find out where the next steps go. And we find this marvelous sense of transcendent peace, that there's something deeper and richer to our existence than just us, what we can spend, what we can purchase, what we can invest in. We see for us that light of God's wisdom, of the knowledge of God, and of the grace that comes in times of need. And as allowed from generation to generation, Christians to be gritty and resilient in a way that has lasted over 2,000 years and 1,500 years before that even, as we've gone through this summer, the story of Joseph. And peace comes not from the absence of conflict, but, the, but from the presence of God. You would think that we are starting a brand new season of, of, of something that's never been tried before as football season kicks off two weeks from today. I can't believe how fired up our culture gets about that. I've received more emails from ESPN Fantasy Football League than I have from St. John's Orange, which is truly saying something. But there's really not meaning to be found in playing fantasy football or following our favorite football team and, uh, at the detriment of everything else in our lives. But that's the challenge of the fall, that we place something in between us and that light of Jesus. First the lens of Scripture, first the love of Jesus, and then all the things are added into life that bring joy and meaning as well. But peace is driven by the presence of God for us. And third, the light shines brighter in a darker backdrop. Amen? It ain't such a bad time to be alive. Sometimes we put our heads down. In my daily Bible thing, I've been listening to the Babylonian captivity. You know what? 
Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Ezekiel had it all a whole lot worse and a whole lot darker than we got it now. I'm reminded that the king came to Daniel and said, hey, Mr. Daniel, you and your three guys here, you got to bow down and worship God, our God, and if you don't, then I'm going to kill you. And Daniel looked him right back at the face and said, we're not doing that. And we'll never do that. You can't make us do that. And then we had Daniel and the three men in the fiery furnace. We had Daniel in the lion's den. And Daniel's legacy lives on today. But those were darker days where people were brought from their homes and away from their synagogues and churches and out of their communities. The point is, there's always been dark times because we live in a world that's broken by sin and death. So take your pick. Isaiah, well, he had the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were not nice people. Just Google Assyria and military and see what you find. For Jeremiah and Daniel, it was Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar was not a nice man. In Jesus and his apostles in their time, the darkness was the Roman persecution. And Paul stood in the face of the emperor and said, I'm not doing it. In the dark ages, the church itself was corrupt and made more hurdles and problems for itself with ecclesiastical corruption. In the mid-20th century, darkness was Nazism, communism, and atheism that drove those violent cultures. All those driving a sense of confusion. But there are antidotes and places where the light of Christ shines brilliantly. Places like St. John's in Orange. For the antidote to darkness's isolation is the community of the church. Always has been, always will be. The writer of the Hebrews pens these words, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but even more so as we see the day approaching, as we get to the end of times, we need one another more and better. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, some this morning in worship, some this morning online, all of us one body of Christ. Welcome to the light on Sunday. You are not alone. If you sit in a dark room, you look and maybe you can see a silhouette of another person. But when you sit in the sanctuary of St. John's Orange, or later as we sit outside on the playground, you see your community and quietly sometimes you are reminded you are not alone. When the light of Jesus shines, look up and look around, you are not alone alone, the antidote to 21st century isolation is the community of saints and the church of Jesus, the light of the world. And the antidote to confusion, well, that's clarity, and clarity is catchy. I wondered if our school enrollment would go down after we went through all of the stuff with COVID and people coming in. I wondered if the people, we emptied out a school basically in Tustin and 40 families came over and they told two families and they told two families and, and we took a little bit of a defensive posture and we said, well, we'll see if they come back and if they stay. We have the highest enrollment we've ever had starting Tuesday this last week. People did not go back to the places they came from because they found clarity here. 
People are waiting to get into St. John's Orange. Well, why? Well, if you ask them, they'll tell you, we don't equivocate. We don't lead out and say, well, we're not really sure who we are, but we think. Rather, we say this is who we are because this is who God in Christ has declared us to be. We don't suffer from confusion where someone brings a a cultural thing in and they say, well, what are you going to do about it? We said, well, we're going to open the Scriptures, we're going to figure it out, and then we're going to press on. Well, you're not afraid? No. Well, why not? Well, because we've been doing this, are you ready? For 140 years. We've seen times of light and times of darkness, but the light of the Word of God is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. And the antidote of the darkness of confusion is the bright promise of clarity in the love of Jesus. We know who we are and we know what we're all about and we live that out. People say, Pastor, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that and We do this and that pretty well, but what we really do well is teach children preschool through eighth grade in the light of the love of Jesus. The antidote to confusion is clarity in Christ, and clarity is catchy. Just speak. Speak with authority. Speak from the Word in your friendships and in your family. And you might be surprised at how much people lean in to the way, the truth, and the life. And the antidote to fear is faith. Jesus is the light of the world. In John chapter 9, a man born blind receives sight. His whole life changes. No more fear. Scripture writes and reminds us that perfect love drives out fear. And in Jesus Christ, you are perfectly loved. Loved in painful times, in times of loss. Loved in joyful times, which drives gratitude, which is the grease of the Christian hope and faith. And it allows us to find meaning in seasons of life. A season we have now before us that kicks off with so much activity and so many things. But this morning we get to focus that light. We get to bring that light into a laser-like focus, a focus on a cross and a Savior and an open tomb who in a dusty day in a dusty town in front of a blind man and people who were spiritually blind, Jesus brought clarity when He said these words, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In the name of Jesus, amen.